2014 was a watershed year for information security. It looks like 2015 is shaping up to be as big or bigger. So what is the state of the security union? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. It's my pleasure to be speaking today with Art Caviello. He's the Executive Chairman of RSA. Art, thanks so much for joining me today. My pleasure. So, Art, coming off the year we just completed, as I described it, what would you say is the security industry's state of the union? Well, it's not good. I would say that it's precarious at best. We have four major trends that are that are going against us. The first one is everything, and I mean everything, is going digital, mobile, or to the cloud. And the combination of that, is, as great as it is from an innovation standpoint and all the great things we get to do, it's resulted in an exponential increase in our attack surface. The second element that is a headwind going against us is that the attacks themselves are escalating not only in sophistication but also in intensity. And the attackers are proliferating at an extraordinary rate with a ready market for attack methodologies and software you, too, can be a hacker. The third element is that we're just not turning out enough skilled personnel to fight the fight. And as a result, most organizations are, are understaffed and, and, quite frankly, underappreciated. I'm amazed at, at what some of these organizations actually do day in and day out. And the final trend that's going against us is that the technology industry, the security technology industry, has not kept up. Single-purpose, perimeter-oriented tools that aren't smart enough or dynamic enough to react to facts and circumstances or, or provide true defense in depth tend to be the order of the day. So on balance, it's just not a pretty picture. But, but I do think there's hope because some of the newer technologies and the proliferation of cyber training programs and courses of study around the world offer us at least a chance to reverse the trends going forward. Well, Art, that's a great overview, and I want to talk with you about some of those trends you see. Let's start with the attacks and the attackers. What are the trends there that concern you the most and why? If you look over the last 10 years, the attacks have evolved from just the pure intrusive attacks, get in, steal, do whatever, to major disruptive attacks, as as we saw with some of the DDoS attacks that, that hit some of the money center banks in, in New York a couple of years ago, and the, uh, the Saudi Aramco uh, attack, which significantly disrupted their internal operations. With the Internet of Things, we're going to hit the next generation of attack types, and that's truly destructive attack, the ability to cause a physical event through the Internet. And that is the most disturbing of all, all the trends. How about the attackers, Art? How are you seeing them evolve? And you mentioned before the notion of you too can be an attacker. I mean, it's true. All of that is out there to be purchased. But you're developing some pretty sophisticated individual attackers, uh, organized groups, and even nation states. What concerns you most there? Oh, boy. Uh, there's plenty to be concerned about. If you think about it, if you go back 10 years, we were probably dealing with literally tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of attackers. Now we're dealing with hundreds of thousands and, and perhaps bordering on millions of attackers. So, you know, when I talk about the proliferation of attackers, you know, that's what we're dealing with. 
we've seen instances, too, where criminal enterprises are working with nation states to sell them information that the criminals themselves can't monetize, but nations are, are really interested in. What worries me most is not that nations will actually commit to cyber war because that's a place where I, I think we're rapidly going to get to a point of mutual assured destruction, but that non-state actors, hacktivists and terrorists, increasingly present a, a bigger and bigger problem and they don't necessarily care about the ramifications. Again, it's, it's, a, it's a recipe for, for potential disaster and, and clearly significant concern. All right, you talked about the security gaps, particularly the technology, and it seems like it's become cliche to say that traditional security solutions just won't cut it anymore. Where do you see the biggest technology gaps, and how can we fill those? I think, I think we have to solve the people gap almost before we, we solve the technology gap. We just have to get more people in roles either in security operations or or in, in the industry itself to develop some of these, these new, newer technologies. As to the, to the gaps in, in technology, we really do need to start developing controls that are more dynamic and agile, that, as I suggested before, that can react to facts and circumstances. These types of capabilities will be behavior-based, and, and they'll be able to detect anomalies in either people's behavior or the flow and, and use of data. And we are starting to see some of those technologies coming online, which is, is what gives me a great amount of hope. And, and I'm proud to say that, that RSA is, is delivering uh, a number of these kinds of, of, of capabilities. And, and a big factor will be big data-oriented applications for security that can mine so much of, of the threat intelligence data, but also the data that's emerging from your, your infrastructure and correlate it and analyze it at, at amazing speeds that will give you actionable information so that you can respond to attacks far more quickly and hopefully render them harmless. And all of this, by the way, and this is another uh, technology that, that RSA and, and others are bringing to market, the ability to have a platform to make sense of your risk environment, a governance risk and compliance platform. If you're going to do a better job of understanding and evaluating risk to really get your arms around the problem, then it would be extremely useful to have a framework, a place for all of this risk, all of these risk mitigation policies and the myriad compliance requirements to, to reside. So governance risk and compliance is, is another big, big, big area. So, you know, that's what I see developing. There's a lot of point product controls now that will replace, you know, the aging and, and, less and less effective antivirus capabilities that, uh, again, so much investment is pouring into malware detection, and, and most of it is behavior-based. You know, I've been in this industry for, for more than 20 years, and I've never seen so much venture capital money being invested in cybersecurity. Not all of it smart money, by the way, but believe me, there's, there's more than enough of it to generate some really innovative solutions that will get us to the next-generation capabilities that we're going to need to fight the fight. A quick follow-up to that, Art. Again, you've been in the business for 20 years. Do you see an evolution at the board level now where organizations are prepared to make investments in these advanced technologies? I wish I could say that uh, the situation was better than it, than it actually is. Look, at every single board has this as a significant agenda item. The problem we have 
is the practitioners aren't doing a good enough job translating the risk to the C-suite as well as boards of directors. But it's not all the practitioners' fault. The boards of directors and C-level executives very often aren't, aren't equipped to understand the rapid evolution of, of technology and what that means from a vulnerability standpoint. So I, I think we need more and more directors that are up to speed with, with technology. Look, at the, every single business in the last 10 years has had a significant change in the way they operate as a result of technology. We've got to get boards and C-level executives to have that kind of, of technical acumen to be able to work commensurately with the security practitioners to have a, a really good balanced program that is cost-effective for the individual enterprise. Let's come back to the topic you wanted to talk about a few minutes ago, Art, and it's the, the next generation of security pros and the people gap. We've talked about this for years, and yet we still come up against this dearth of security professionals. So where are we going to develop this next generation, and what are the essential skills that they need to have? Well, another thing that gives me hope is the proliferation of degreed uh, programs. I, I was just invited to speak at a, a small college up in Vermont that has just put together a degreed program in, in cybersecurity. So my colleague and, and president of RSA, Amit Iran, and I are going to be at Stanford on Friday at the president's uh, convocation uh, about cybersecurity. And, you know, we just see so many programs, not only in the U.S., but across the world. You're also seeing far more government intervention. The U.S. has, has been subsidizing schools with, with grant money. We need to do far more of that. Governments like Singapore, governments as, as far away as, uh, as the Middle East, the United Arab Emirates, they all have major strategies around cybersecurity and cybersecurity program development um, in, their, in their universities and, and school systems. Believe me, they, they can't churn these people out fast enough. You could have a full employment act worldwide if you could get more and more of, uh, of our young people through these programs. And by the way, uh, being in this fight is really cool, whether you're a practitioner or, or whether you're a developer. So you're going to have a chance to, uh, to apply this next question when you speak to the school. And the question is, what's your advice to this next generation? My first my first level of advice would be to duck. But my advice, all kidding aside, is to attack, attack, attack. And, and by that, I mean just be really aggressive in your your quest for, for knowledge and skill and speed, speed in everything that we've discussed. It's truly a race against time. We have to catch up with our, our people skills and our technology skills. And we can, and I believe we will, but if we don't, as you can tell from my initial State of the Union, we're going to be in bigger and bigger trouble. All right, you've recently announced your retirement as RSA chairman, and you mentioned your successor, Amit Yaran. What's your advice to Amit as he takes over the reins? It's pretty simple, actually. To trust your judgment, it's really excellent. He's got tremendous acumen in, in, in the field and, and tremendous business sense. Also, to, to trust your people because they're excellent. Uh, we've got a great management team and, and an organization filled with great people. Uh, but the old uh, 
Ronald Reagan cliche is operative here, trust but verify. For yourself, that means make fact-based decisions. If the big data revolution teaches us anything, better and quicker analysis will help us make better and informed decisions. And for your people, the trust but verify means, and I've discussed this with the, with the meet before, um, I have this expression, the world belongs to the checkers. So it's relentless follow-up and engagement across the management team to make sure that, uh, that they're aligned and everybody's moving forward in the same direction. All right, I know you don't want to do a whole lot of reflection upon your career, but you mentioned the 20 years you've got in the field, and I've got to ask you, what's your proudest accomplishment? I guess it has to revolve around RSA. And with respect to that, I would say there's, there's three elements to it. The first one would be building on the legacy of our two business founders, Chuck Stuckey from Security Dynamics and Jim Bitsos from RSA Data Security. I, I, I owe them a lot because without them, which is the next element, wouldn't have had the opportunity to create an enduring company with what I believe is a great strategy that's, that's been a force and will continue to be a force for protecting so many organizations. And with, with the major voice that we have through RSA conferences. And the final element, especially as it pertains to an enduring company, is the fact that we were able to acquire a meet your aunts from NetWitness and, and I was able to appoint him as my successor. You know, few people remember a guy by the name of Reginald Jones, who was the very successful CEO of, of General Electric. But most people remember the successor he appointed, Jack Welch. So I, I expect the meet to be my Jack Welch, and I'm confident that he'll take RSA to greater heights. So that's my biggest accomplishment. I would be thrilled with it. Well, Art, I'm pretty convinced you're not going to be a Reginald Jones. I suspect they're going to remember you as well. Thanks. Very so, kind. So flip side of the question, we talked about your proudest accomplishment. What's been your biggest disappointment? Well, <laughs> too, too numerous to mention probably on, on this. But I, I, I think I think the biggest frustration is, as, as much as disappointment is I haven't been able to have more of an impact on governments and government-to-government cooperation. You know, I've always distinguished between awareness and, and understanding. You know, there's tremendous awareness of the problem of cybersecurity, but not nearly enough understanding. It, it, it goes to what I was talking about earlier with, with respect to boards of directors and C-level executives and extends to government people as well. No matter how good we get with our people and with technology, an individual organization is going to be no match for a nation state and, and overwhelming attacks from criminal and non-state um, actors. So it is going to be very incumbent for the governments of the world to, to put aside their differences and work together to ensure that, that the Internet and that the digital world is able to proceed un, unfettered. And, and if we don't, again, the ramifications will be disastrous. And, and in my retirement, this will be one of my single single biggest focus is, you know, to make sure that people have this level of understanding and, and to do whatever I can as a voice, you know, to see that uh, that governments uh, do indeed cooperate. Well, Art, a final question for you. As you step back, as people remember you and your contribution, 
What do you want your legacy to be? You know, I, as I, I look at it, one of one of the biggest thrills for me throughout my my career, and especially you know in 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 the the latter part of it, has been to see so many people grow and, and develop. And through my my speeches and talks ar- around the world, I've had the opportunity to get so much exposure. So, if anything, I hope my legacy would be that I've inspired a, a whole generation of cyber warriors to continue the fight and 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 again to take the technology and and our ability to defend to to greater and greater heights. If if that's my legacy, I would be thrilled. Art, as always, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your insight and your candor. Thank you very much for taking the opportunity to speak with me today. Again, my pleasure, and I appreciate you uh, you having me on. The topic has been the state of information security. I've been talking with Art Caviello, Executive Chairman of RSA. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.